What makes you happy is the question that I will answer by the end of this show. Hello and welcome to another episode of The More You Know Mondays. The more you know, the more you grow. And this week on the show, I will be talking about the Vatican and cats. But before I get into that, you know what I have to do? I have to start the show off with something positive, some positive vibes, you know? And I do that every week in the form of Monday affirmations. Now, if you're new here, thank you for coming and joining us. Um, but if you are a returning listener, thank you for coming back. Um, what we do here every week is I share some interesting random facts from history about interesting people or just interesting events and delve more into the facts. So this week's quote is by Rainer Biddy and it goes like this. Dear self, stop reopening your doors for toxic people, then calling it seeking closure certain things don't work out in life and that's okay and i actually really like this quote only in the sense that you're talking to yourself and a lot of people think that when you talk to yourself is kind of crazy but talking to yourself is kind of the best way to process any information and that's not just my opinion, it's scientifically proven. Check it out, look at, do some research. <laughs> I did some, and I saw it in some random article I was checking out. But when you talk to yourself, when you tell yourself, affirm things for yourself, it helps yourself to process it. Because as much as you can talk to other people and conversate and talk out these problems the root of the problem not the root of the problem the the root of the cause of what's making the problem happen is you if there is a problem so instead of speaking to other people you need to deal with you so And I feel that a lot of times, probably more in relationships, um, but it can also happen in friendships as well. There's a moment where you feel as though you need some sort of reason from another person for the reason why they're no longer speaking to you or the reason why they no longer want to I guess, see you or or whatever the, the situation is. It feels as though as people or as humans, maybe we need, um, what can you call it? Like assurance that maybe not that we didn't do anything wrong, but maybe that it wasn't our fault 
So this idea of that I am actually going to probably newly adopt of having a, I guess, breaking up with a toxic person, whether that be a romantic relationship or a platonic one, and then feeling as though you need some sort of closure so you invite that toxic energy back into your life so that you can draw a line over it. But the drawing the line was when you first got that person out of your life. Why invite that energy back in just to kick it back out again? You might as well. You already cut the snake's head off. So just let it wither and die instead of trying to sew the head back on again. And hoping it will still sliver. Um, maybe that metaphor doesn't work. I don't know how snakes work. I'm pretty sure they regrow things. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know about snakes. <laughs> I know about this because it's something that I've done myself. I've got to the end of something, and it hasn't maybe worked out in the way that I thought it was going to work out, or things haven't been resolved fully for me and I feel as though I need some sort of level of closure when in reality the door's already closed I got my closure when that person left and shut the door after them so why again would I let them ring the doorbell and then welcomely invite them in just so that at the end of this conversation or whatever we do to try and resolve it and me or we get closure whatever that is then I kick it back out and shut the door but then I'm thinking it, then it kind of brings it, it's you, although at this point you've kicked it out of the door you've had time to think about it and then you've met again and then you've had more time to think about it. But I don't know. There's obviously um, good and bad outcomes to every scenario. Um, and obviously it's a risk that anyone has to take when uh, um, embarking on a journey of trying to get closure for their situations which everyone is of course welcome to do but I just think it's interesting it's an interesting perspective to look at it in the sense of if you just let one door close and then process it as that being your closure are you okay to continue knowing that that door closing was the end or do you still need an extra addition for you to confirm the closure in your head it's something to think about anyway but I think it's interesting motivational inspiring thoughts to be thinking <laughs> thoughts to be thinking a, a thought process to be on just just in the 
in the security of kind of protecting yourself because by you getting closure you're like you're like the quote suggests or says you're bringing that toxic energy back into your life so why do that when you could avoid it altogether and just keep it moving as you have been without actually needing to get the extra level of closure but I mean I'm sure I will fall into the same level to need this level of closure again but I will try and think about this quote when I get to this point or if I get to this point again but I think it's something interesting to think about so my sum up of this Monday's affirmation was done just right then (laughs) I was I don't usually do that I usually say that oh yeah I'm gonna do a sum up but I guess I just summed it up just then so if you weren't listening rewind maybe um two minutes and then just press play and I hope that I'm not midway through speaking but I'm sure I won't be uh I'm sure you can get it right to the right point but anyway let's get on with the show so as I said at the start of the show this episode will be on the Vatican and cats and I had some really interesting research when I stumbled upon this um I guess fact and I mean it did kind of puzzle me I was just like a pope ordered cats to be killed hmm I mean let me look into this a little bit deeper before I like start sharing with people about how there's something like a vicious battle going on between the Vatican and cats um but I mean on the surface it seems like it's like one of those things that I think if you don't really think about it too much it seems pretty plausible but let me really get into the story so before actually before I get into the story I think it'd be interesting to just delve into the idea of not even to the idea but just the the thought process of cats and the story before I actually get into this is that Pope Gregory the ninth um supposedly banned cats and ordered them to be killed and then this um i guess this idea or this superstition or this myth then uh kind of spitballs into another idea that because of this order for cats to be banned or cats to be killed it meant that this was the reason for the rise in the bubonic plague but we'll come into that in a second so like i said let's start with just cats throughout history cats have kind of been revered as i mean in my opinion kind of something that's been more godlike than anything satanic so if you think about back in the times of the egyptians the ancient egyptians 
cats were like pretty much adorned they were seen as gods in the eyes of the ancient egyptians and pretty much worshipped and if you think about it not even if you think about it historically cats were actually brought to europe or brought across to europe from egypt by the romans so the romans brought the cats over and across into europe and they were pretty much worshipped when they first were brought over to europe from with the by the romans rather and when they were brought over they weren't too much of a problem because cats have this wonderful natural reflex where they they are like the perfect natural solution for pests and because of that during the time in the roman era of the agricultural um boom this cats being brought over from egypt was perfect because cats literally eat anything that isn't meat so that meant that the farmers knew that their crops were safe because they knew that the cats weren't going to be eating the um crops and they knew that the pests level would be down because the mice would be chasing and catching all of the vermin so it was a win-win for the romans but i think it was more of what happened around the early 13th century so we're talking the year 1230 like in the 1230s so back then when pope gregory the 9th issued his papal bull which was called vox in roma which translates into uh, a voice in roma and basically the story goes that pope gregory the 9th he issued a papal bull which stated that cats were an instrument of satan and that set medieval europe on a great cat perch with special attention made or paid rather to black cats who were particularly 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 oh damn i can't say this word particularly i think that's it particularly um in cahoots with the devil so cats went from being the the worship of the pagans to being the target of contempt by the catholics and perceived to have similarities with the devil now this is all good and well but kind of let's really think about this logically though at the same time i wasn't alive back in the medieval times in europe 
And all we know about those times are what historians can tell us about the possibilities of what might have happened back then. But it's not an exact science. We don't know because we don't, we, we don't, we didn't live it. But I think with a lot of things, when you encroach a little bit of logic to it and also add a level of science, uh, you come to a kind of a, a different understanding of what actually might have happened. And I'm going to go into a few of those, I guess, inquiries through the course of this episode. But first of all, let's just think about cats in general. I mean, I'm not saying that there's anything evil about cats, but I mean, you can't really make a cat do anything that you want it to do. Not unless the cat believes that there's something like, for example, uh, one of my friends has an issue where a cat from not the neighborhood, one of their neighbors has a cat and um, sometimes when they have the door open in the kitchen, the cat would come inside. Now, they find it hard to get the cat back outside again once the cat has come inside. So the only way they've figured out of how to get the cat out is by tricking the cat in the sense of they'll make a, a cup of milk and kind of leave it outside, which would lure the cat outside to get the milk and then they'll shut the door. So then the cat would remain outside and it's not cruel because it's not their cat but the fact that they had to make uh set the standard to be not set the standard the 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 stakes had to be greater i think that's better the stakes had to be greater than the cat being inside the house for the cat to leave the house and that's the only way you could make that cat do anything was if you give it treats to get it out. Um, so I'm not saying that they're evil. I'm not saying that they're in league with the devil. I'm just saying there's like kind of plausible connections between why people might think through the myth or through this, I guess, conspiracy theory. Not that I, I want to call it a conspiracy theory, but through this, um, I guess, yeah, let's call it a myth or something that's gone through time that's kind of like Chinese whispers in a sense that it's been told to a lot of people and it's been passed down, passed down. And I'm I'm, uh, I'm sure the story has kind of changed over time. But it's, it's plausible and it's something that we should add to our inquiry. The next would be what Pope Gregory the ninth actually said so basically this was all connected to some sort of I guess a bizarre right that Gregory the ninth had claimed about a Luciferian sect which is basically a cult which were engaging in 
um, rituals in which they had statues of black cats. And he had something um, or someone had maybe told him or he had believed that these statues of the black cats would come to life and the members of this cult would kiss the asses of the cats. But anyway, the rite goes as follows. The following rites of this pestilence are carried out when any novice is to be received among them and enters the sect of the damned for the first time the shape of a certain frog appears to him which some are accustomed to call a toad some kiss this creature on the hind quarters and some on the mouth they receive the tongue and the saliva of the beast inside their mouths Sometimes it appears underly large, sometimes equivalent to a goose or a duck, and sometimes it even assumes the size of an oven. At length, when the novice has come forward, he is met by a man of marvellous parlour, who has a who has very black eyes and is so emaciated and thin that since his flesh has been wasted, seems to have remained only skin drawn over the bone. The novice kisses him and feels cold like ice, and after the kiss, the memory of the Catholic faith totally disappears from his heart. Afterwards, they sit down to a meal, and and when they have arisen from it, a certain statue, which is usually a set of this kind, a black cat about the size of an average dog, descends backwards with its tail erect. The first novice, then the master, then each one of the order who are worthy and perfect kiss the cat on its hind quarters. The imperfect who not, who do not estimate themselves worthy receive grace from the master. Then each return to, each returns to his place and speaking certain response, they incline their heads towards the cat. Forgive us, says the master, and the next to him repeats this, and a third responds saying, We know, master. A fourth says, And we must obey. The Pope then goes on immediately after this passage, and he starts I guess, describing the details of what the cult would, I guess, engage in, which he said um, they would be engaging in wild sex orgies in the dark. 
uh, which would usually involve incest, gay sex, and the appearance of a mystery man with glowing genitals and hairy legs. Um, which I assume is the beast, which is the devil. Um, but it's quite a bizarre right, um, for Pope Gregory the Ninth to say. Um, but he did say it. I found it through my research. Um, I will actually start doing this more often, but I'll drop like the sources where I get my information from. Um, in the show notes of every episode from this episode forward, I will try and actually go back over my research on other episodes and see if I can find it and add it on my sources. So you can see that I've, I've actually taken this information from credible sources and it's not just um, stuff that I've made up. I've researched this. Um, but this is what it says. And... I just think that in that right, he kind of, although it's quite bizarre in what he says about what he's talking, but it's very interestingly written. Um, he doesn't actually say anywhere in the right specifically anything about killing cats or outlawing clats outlawing cats i mean he mentions or he slightly quickly not quickly he mentions that uh, about black cats and uh, and how they are kind of seen as the idol of this satanic um cult but there's nowhere where he specifically says that people should go out there and kill cats um but i know people being people and the thing with i guess the written word or any words or anything that's being said is depending on who you are or how you are as a person or what mood you're in you may take the information or look at it in a different light so people might have seen this right or heard this right and thought okay so maybe the pope's saying that we should get rid of our cats like cats are evil um so that could have caused um the myth to come in fruition and make that connection between what pope gregory the ninth said and the cats being killed in some sort of correlation between the two um but i think the part where it kind of doesn't really connect with really science in saying that i think it's kind of not that it doesn't connect with science well i will kind of get onto that part but it's more of kind of a little bit of a stretch to say that there's a connection between pope gregory having this right and then with this right directly people then went and started killing cats and then after this because of the death of all these cats there was the bubonic plague which probably killed around 
25 million people from my Google search, but who knows how much we can trust Google? <laughs> I'm kidding. I use Google all the time. Um, but it said that um, from history.com is where they've grabbed their information from, so I do trust that. They say that the plague killed around 25 to 50 million people, which is a lot of people. And kind of at the same time, you kind of think about the connections with us being in this pandemic and how many people this this virus has killed. But that aside, the connection that we should be thinking about next would be the fact of Pope Gregory the Ninth issued his papay papal bull between twelve thirty two and twelve thirty four and then the Black Death came to Europe in thirteen forty seven so that would mean that in about a hundred years, so a whole complete generation, or not generation, maybe a century. hundred years is a century, right? Yep, I believe that's my final answer. A hundred years is definitely a century. <laughs> so, about a hundred years after Pope Gregory made this right about this satanic cult then immediately afterwards everyone 100 percent believed what pope gregory said and they were like whoa 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 you're saying that black cats are in league with the devil well since you're saying that i'm down and we need to get rid of this black cat from our house and all the followers of Catholicism at the time. And what you need to remember is kind of Catholicism became very popular during the Middle Ages or medieval times. Just even if we think about on the minute scales of just the fact of them having so much power um having so much wealth they had also the level of education that um was quite rare for the everyday person around the middle ages or medieval times they were um involved in the communities because where there wasn't any charities uh, per se, the church would give to people that were in need. So they were, in sense, like the charity. They were the focal point or in people's lives. This was the main thing that you had. You had, um, I guess, state and the church, and it and it's still kind of on that same plane nowadays while we're i guess living in this modern era we i guess we're technologically different from the medieval times 
but a lot of things that not a lot of things that they stood for but the the foundations of the constructs of what they set up still exist today so i think that's quite interesting but anyway a hundred years after pope gregory makes his right and people immediately go out there for a hundred years killing cats because they need to get rid of the devil because cats especially black cats are in league with lucifer and that can't fly with the god-fearing catholic people of the medieval times and when the black death hits europe and it wipes out a lot of the population at the time the idea that the death uh, there being a lower level of cats would affect anything to do with how the plague hit is kind of bizarre only in the sense of we now know through i guess modern science that the plague was a disease caused by the bacterium yasinia pestis and it was initially transmitted by the leaves i was gonna say bees <laughs> but no transmitted through or by fleas um, which passed it to their hosts so the potential um infection or inf- the potential hosts of being infected by these disease-ridden fleas included rodents which would be like mice rats which which was one of the main carriers of the plague but then also humans were uh, infected by fleas which is why so many humans died dogs and cats were also included in this list so it's an interesting inquiry to think that what the pope said incited so many deaths um of cats which then snowballed into that causing the snow de- uh, the snow death <laughs> the black death but then at the same time you need to think that although the black death hit europe very hard it also before it came and affected the europeans it also affected people in asia and people in egypt as well as that and for those that aren't aware um, cats originally come from asia and they were worshipped in egypt and if the the black plague the black plague the black death was transmitted through the fleas and the fleas also infected the the rodents as well as the cats that would suggest that cats were dying because of the plague as well as humans so i don't know like i said i wasn't there i wasn't alive in tw- in the 1230s um but i can just talk about my intrigue about what happened around that time so what 
back and see kind of the possible connections between where these ideas and myths in the history might have come from. But this interesting event or myth that has circulated around through history, I think it was interesting diving down that rabbit hole because originally when I saw the uh, the the fact about history, I was like, whoa, no, a pope incited death on cats? Nah, that, that can't be true. Let me find out more about it. And as I delve in deeper into the subject, I was just like, whoa, there's so many layers to peel back about what happened or what could have possibly happened. But that is where I'm going to leave my inquest. But don't let that be the end of your inquest. If you're interested more about this topic or you found it of any intrigue, look more into it because there's so many other levels that I haven't mentioned that you could find out more about. Or maybe I haven't explained it in the best way, but you might find better understanding from looking at the references that I will drop in the show notes for this episode. But anyway, I promised you the answer to a question at the start of this show, uh, which I paused, I posed in a really weird way, if I think about it, in the sense that I posed it in the sense of what makes you happy and as if I can give you the answer to all the things that you need. And that's not what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you just some science. So I was watching, uh, what was I watching? A YouTuber by the name 42, which like, it's spelled 40, like fort, and then a Y, and then two, which I thought is a genius name. Um, and I was watching one of his videos, and he was talking about he mentioned about how smiling actually makes you happy because it was we i can't remember what the the episode that on the, his channel that i was watching and what it was about but he mentioned this thing and i was just like what so i can make myself happy just by smiling and yeah it sounds kind of bizarre but it's actually true So basically, when you smile, your brain releases tiny molecules called neuropediates. (laughs) I think I might have said that wrong, but anyway. Um, And these neuropediates are used to help fight off stress. Then other neurotransmitters like dopamines and serotonin and endorphins come into play the endorphins act like as though they're kind of like a mild pain reliever whereas the serotonin acts as an antidepressant which is kind of an interesting for process in the sense of there's a study that has suggested that smiling can help us recover faster from stress 
or when our heart rate when our heart rate when our heart rate is risen so it could be interesting to trial maybe even fake smiling even like smile when you don't feel like smiling just so you can get that rush of endorphins and serotonin and dopamines and trick your brain into thinking that you're happy which in turn will actually make you happy so i mean it's a weird kind of paradox to think about it that you could in in some way boost your own mood without the need of anything so I don't know, there, there's times when you might feel down and there may be, I don't know, a song or a TV show or a creator on YouTube or TikTok or whatever your fix is and you'll go on there and you'll watch them and it'll boost your mood and it'll make you happier or put that pep in your step. But there's an interesting thought process I can't think, it's not thought process, it's for, um, I can't think of the, what the, 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 um, thought experiment, that's what I was looking for, it's an interesting thought experiment that you should, could, no, not could, should definitely try and put into motion whenever you're stressed or feeling not so happy, smile. And see if it, even if it feels like you're being fake on what you're actually feeling, that fake smile could actually make you happy. So, what makes you happy? Smiling makes you happy. So, if you're ever feeling down, smile. Even if you're not smiling for any particular reason, just smile. Fake smile, real smile, just smile, man. Smiling scientifically makes you happy so (laughs) i will leave it there i will call that the end of the show so i hope that you have enjoyed episode 16 of the more you know mondays i hope that you've learned at least something from this episode of the show i hope that you've actually got this far into the episode and yeah thank you for listening um i've got more next week like as as like as always as always i won't be mentioning what i will be talking about next week but if this is maybe in the future and episode 17 is already out then you already know what's coming next but hey man this is future talk this would be crazy like if if someone in the future is listening to this when episode 17 is out and they're just like whoa man how did he know how did he know that i knew because i'm thinking about the future hey man (laughs) anyway but yeah just i'm glad that you got this far into the show if you've enjoyed the episode and uh, i'll catch you next week thank you for listening and goodbye